Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you feeling this morning? Sorry. Daniel's on the back dancing at the back there. Praise God. It was, uh, you know, sometimes we just have to have these, these gentle times yes. in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's just nice having gentle times. Nice and soft, nice and steady. After such a, a wonderful day, it was a great day yesterday. It was a wonderful day, praise God. But I know you're all tired. And guess what we've got more tonight? <laughs> praise God. We'll talk about that later. Amen. So, let's open our Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago on the really beginning of the theme of the, the Holy Spirit and His work in the church. We haven't really spoken much about what He does outside of the church, although He's very much active. But what He is doing, what He does in the church. And today we're going to continue that theme. Pastor Paul picked up on it as well and spoke last week about how the Lord wants to come upon us and use us in a good sense. He wants you to be a vessel of His power, of His presence, of His love. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, or pagans, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all things. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, plural, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Let's just have a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you and praise you, Father, Lord, for this opportunity to be together this morning. Thank you that you are indeed here by the power of your Spirit, who indwells each one of us. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, we just want to say now, Lord, we depend completely upon you. Holy moment, you would just open up the Scriptures to us this morning. We don't want to just gain intellectual knowledge, Lord. Lord, we want to be touched and changed. So have your way, Lord, in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Oh, just a second. Well. There you are. 
than you were. <laughs> okay. Okay. No problem. Yes. There we go. Bless the Lord. Okay. So this morning we're going to talk about the Spirit and His gifts. Okay, and His gifts. First thing we're going to see in this passage is the uniqueness of spiritual gifts. The uniqueness of the spiritual gifts. And uh, just opening this letter, you know, it's a wonderful letter because we see here the Apostle Paul, he gives us a glimpse into what it was like to be church in the first century. What it was like to be that first generation of believers. How they gathered together and what went on within their services. And, and very often if you, if you think about how we do things today, you can see some differences. For a start, they didn't have the, the wonderful buildings that we have. They would meet in homes. And uh, I imagine just the, the atmosphere, just the, the whole setting to be a little bit more intimate. Oh, praise God, I think we can have intimacy here as well. And uh, we see also that the, the Holy Spirit of God would often manifest His presence in the midst through the working of gifting, through the operation of His gifts. Alright? And uh, we can see, as you read through Corinthians, there were some, there were some issues in this church. There were many issues in the church, actually. Paul had established this church, and Paul is in Ephesus, and he gets word that there are, there are a number of issues within the church that he needs to address, a number of concerns, a number of questions. And that's what Paul does in his first letter to the Corinthians. And you can see um, that he addresses certain, certain uh, questions, certain doubts, and one of those doubts is about the operation of the spiritual gifts. It wasn't, the issue was not the absence of the Spirit, okay? The issue, the issue was not the presence of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest issues in the church is they did not know how the operation of the Spirit was to be. They didn't understand um, how the, the, the Holy Spirit would move in their midst and how they were to, to move in these gifts. And so the Apostle Paul begins to instruct them about these gifts. And I really believe that we need to get back to Biblical teaching, biblical instruction about the gifts of the Spirit. Because sometimes we're seeing things going on and they don't necessarily line up with what the Scriptures teach us. You know, and, and this isn't just so we can throw a, a bucket of cold water over people, folks. This is, this is the Word of the living God. This is inspired by the same Holy Spirit that moves in the church. These are the instructions that we need to, we need to read. To gauge the experiences that we're having, praise God, and to come into line with what He's teaching us. And this opening passage, chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, is a difficult passage. Let's just read those verses again. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, which means what? It is possible to be ignorant, yes? You know that you were Gentiles, or some versions say pagans, carried away to these dumb idols. However you were led. Dumb, in this sense, means mute, okay? Mute idols. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a person, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And if you read your commentaries, 
on this particular passage, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion going on about what's what what was actually going on. Obviously, it meant something to them in particular. They had a, a deeper, a greater understanding of what he was referring to than we do today. But well, we need to remember that Corinth was your typical Greco-Roman city. Okay? And there were a number of temples and a lot of pagan worship going on. We know from the letter that these converts were coming out of that paganism. Alright? So they were well aware of, the, of the, the things that were going on in the temples and the idolatry and some of the spiritual experiences that were being had by the pagans. And yet they would see some similar things happening within the, the ecclesia of the church and obviously with some, some, some questions around that and the nature of these gifts, the source of these gifts. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. Don't be ignorant, don't be unaware. You know that you were Gentile, pagans carried away to these dumb idols, however you were there. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse or anathema, cut off. Which is clearly something that, was, that meant something to them. Something that maybe they heard, something that they were afraid of. Okay? But he goes on, he goes on to say, um, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Except by the only the Holy Spirit gives us the understanding, the revelation that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Praise God. So I believe there's a warning and I believe there's encouragement there. I believe there's a warning and there is an encouragement. The warning is not to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant concerning these spiritual gifts. And if you look in your Bibles, you'll see most of your Bibles will have gifts in italics. Do you see that? That means it wasn't there. In the original Greek, it's not there. Okay, that's just to confound the ways. It's actually the word that is there is spirituals. Concerning the spirituals, it sounds like an 80s pop band or something, doesn't it? The spirituals. There was no such band, was there? The spirituals. The specials. The specials. Goodness me, hold on now. The spirituals, concerning the spirituals, and the word here, pneumaticos, can refer to people or things. People or things. And just to assist us in our language, we have gifts. But let me show you what one particular scholar says about this word, Dr. Anthony Landon. He says this, the Greek language has three words for our English word gift. The Greek word doron literally means a present. The Greek word dorema means a bestowment, and the Greek word for a gratuity is dore. And the fact is that not one of these Greek terms is located in any portion of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And his point being, folks, it's not something you know that he just gives you and then you get on with it. You have this gift, it's yours, now you go and operate it and you go and get on with it. No, that's not the point. You know, we are not the source of supernatural power, folks. We don't activate him, he activates us. Okay? That's very important to understand this morning. And that comes out throughout the whole of the chapter. It seems that there were extremes in Corinth. And you know, there are extremes today. 
One preach I heard speaking about this recently, he spoke about one extreme being cessationism. Can you say that? Cessationism? Those who believe that the spiritual gifts have ceased for today. They're not all for today, okay? But they were simply to confirm the word of the apostles in the first century, the great miracles and so on. So they would say that today there is, there is no need, and especially now we have the canon of scripture, which personally I'm not convinced by this argument whatsoever. Okay, so they would say there's no need for the spiritual gifts in the church today. Okay? The other end of the spectrum, we have the sensationalists. And the sensationalists are those who love pandemonium. Okay? And think that, you know, if, if, if you're not having chaos and pandemonium and people going around with them, the spirit's not moving. Okay? What we need to do is try to find the balance. We need the balance. We need to be scriptural about our understanding of the spirit and the spiritual gifts. Because the Holy Spirit, I honestly believe, the Holy Spirit of God is moving today. <laughs> Hallelujah. The gifts are for us today. We are a Pentecostal church. Okay? We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. But we need some instruction about how they operate. And again, the first thing that he's, he's warning these people not to be ignorant. The things, the things that you've seen in the pagan world, the, the, the experiences, the spiritual experiences that you've had and you've seen in paganism is not how it works within the church. And very often if you read around the, the, the Greco-Roman religion and the cults and everything else, they would, they would have many temples, they have many different gods, and they'd go to these places and they'd bring their offerings and they'd, they'd worship these, these shrines and these idols. And you know, it's very clear, Paul makes it clear, that behind these idols are entities, are evil entities. He refer refers to them as mute idols. But look what he says earlier on in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, what am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 19 and 20. So he's making it very clear. When they go to these temples, when they start worshipping these idols and these images, they're not worshipping, you know, the actual idol, idol and the image. That's just a, a, a dead statue. There is no life in it. But it's the spirit that is behind it. It's the demonic entity that is behind it. That they're actually involved with. And so he's saying we need to be careful with these things. Praise God. And we need to understand, folks, that there are two sources of supernatural power today. There are two sources of supernatural power today. There is God and there is the kingdom of darkness. We need to be aware of that. Because very often, you know, our discernment levels nowadays has gone out the window. And we don't tend to gauge experiences anymore or question anything. Because you can't question anything because you don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. But actually, we need to be we need to be not questioning, questioning. We need to be questioning some of these experiences that we're having, some of the things that we're seeing. What does it produce? And of course, that, that just that just brings up a lot of questions for ourselves as well, doesn't it? But one thing we need to pray for is spiritual discernment. We need spiritual discernment. Oh, do we need spiritual discernment? Hallelujah. 
So he's saying, don't be deceived about what the gifts are and how they function. It's not as you previously experienced in paganism. You will see, you, I've seen somebody demon-possessed speaking in tongues. Okay? So we need to be careful. We need to be careful. Praise God. Not every supernatural experience is from the Holy Spirit. There are other sources of supernatural experience and power that we need to be aware of. That is the warning. However, praise God, there's an encouragement. There's an encouragement. What does he say? No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, when the church is gathered together and the Spirit is moving, hallelujah, and the, the, the Holy Spirit is moving through, upon and through the individuals, he's basically reassuring you don't have to worry about whether that person is being, being uh, um, uh, used by a, an evil spirit because no believer would be able to confess Jesus as Lord if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And so if that person is declaring Jesus to be Lord, then he has the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, he doesn't belong to God. The Bible says that. If you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you do not belong to him. And therefore, if you're confessing Jesus to be Lord, and what I mean by Lord is not just, you know, you can say Jesus is Lord, you know, but the fact that he is God, number one, and the fact that he is Lord over my life. He has Lordship over my life. Okay? That's when you know that the Holy Spirit has opened the eyes, has given that, that understanding, you do not need to worry then about whether that is an evil spirit or not. If you have the Holy Spirit and you're confessing Jesus Lord, you can be sure that the Holy same Holy Spirit is within you will manifest himself through that various gifts. Is everybody with you? Praise God. So there is, a, there is a warning, but there is an encouragement. It's like, you know, yes, do not be ignorant. Yes, this is a warning. However, don't get paranoid. Don't be paranoid. Know that if you're saying Jesus is Lord, if you confess him as your Lord and you gather together, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to move through you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be calling him Lord. Praise God. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit is the source of all genuine gifts. Remember last, two weeks ago when I spoke to you about the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, he will not come. But if I do go away, if I depart, I will send him to you. He will come and he will lead you into all truth. The spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. Hallelujah. That is the Holy Spirit that is present here today. The spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth. Praise God. The fact that he's here testifies to the fact that Jesus departed and went to be with the Father. You thought about that? The evidence, you know, one amongst many, that he departed to go to be with the Father who was resurrected, that the Father received that offering, that sacrifice, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father in glory and majesty is the presence of the Holy Spirit today. The fact the Holy Spirit is here amongst you and in you, hallelujah, he's on you, he's in you, he's with you. That is evidence that, that, that Jesus is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father in majesty and glory, that he's interceding for you as your great high priest. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Secondly, it speaks about the nature of spiritual gifts. The nature of spiritual gifts. 
Again, verse 4 to 6. There are diversities of gifts. But the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. Amen? Bless the Lord. You know, I heard one preacher say recently about that in a snowstorm, there are millions, perhaps billions of different snowflakes. And that's how it is within the church. And I'm not calling you all snowflakes. <laughs> that is an illustration. But I thought that was wonderful. You think about the snowstorm when you see those, those snowflakes falling from the sky, you know? And yet if you put them under a microscope, you wouldn't get a chance, so just melt away. If you put them under the microscope, and you see each one is different. There's diversities of gifts, just like there's diverse people. And that's what's wonderful about the body of Christ. That's what's wonderful about the church. That not one of us is the same. Not one of us is the same, and yet God brings us from all kinds of backgrounds, you know, all types of professions, all types of personalities and so on. He brings us together to be the body. And there's a unity within, within that diversity. We're united in the church, in the church of the living God through the Holy Spirit. First thing we need to understand about these gifts, we're going to refer to them as gifts, although now the, the word has changed, okay, in verse 4, there are diversities of charismaton. The word charisma, what does that Translate to, we know, grace gifts. These are grace gifts, okay? God graces us with these gifts, shall we say. In other words, friends, we cannot earn these things. We don't need to be trying to earn these things. What we need to do is eagerly desire these things, the Bible says. Do you eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit? Do you even desire to be used by God? Absolutely. We want to see these things. Because these things are normal for the church. This is how it worked, folks. And this is how it should work today also. And it's time. And I love these times we gather together. They are very, very important. You know, and we worship and we sing. But we just want, we, we want to see people just stepping out a little bit more. And just being moved by the Holy Spirit to minister to others. Because then it becomes about the body. Okay? And you're part of the body. And you might be sitting here today thinking, me, what, what can I bring? Oh, believe me, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is in you, is deposited something within you, and you have something to contribute in the kingdom of God. There's nobody unemployed in the kingdom of God, folks. Nobody unemployed. Praise the Lord. They are not distributed according to one's level of maturity. Or one's level of holiness, even. Do you know that? We need to understand that you can grow in the gifts. You can grow in maturity in by being used by God. And understand that gift and how He wants to use you more. But He's not, not looking, oh, well, I think I'll use you with this gift because you're a bit more mature than her over there. No. The fact is, folks, God can use whoever he wants. Whenever it is God. Hallelujah. And he wants to use you for his glory. It's wonderful. These are gifts of grace. There's no progression 
in terms of faithfulness or skill in using it. It's not that, you know, well, I'm faith, if I'm faithful with, with the, this gift, maybe I can go up the rung of the ladder, you know, the next rung of the ladder, and I can, I, can be, I can have another gift, and I'll just work my way up until I'm... It doesn't work like that. Although in the church, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we create this hierarchy of importance. Yes, there are gifts, there are greater gifts than others, but because they are of more benefit to everyone. Okay? That we'll talk about. Praise God. So these are all gifts of grace. We've seen there is, secondly, there is a diversity of gifts. There are many different gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. You see, the triune Godhead working and distributing these gifts. Yes? Hallelujah. We see it there. And let me tell you, you cannot restrict the gifts to this particular portion of Scripture. There are other lists of gifts. You'll see in Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 11, you'll see there are gifts, ministries. There are people, if you read it, they are certain people. They are some, not for all. It's very clear. But these are gifts given to the church. People. Okay? Ministries. There are other gifts. Gifts that you don't think about sometimes. Like administration, for example. Helps and so on. So we can't restrict it just to this particular list of gifts. Okay? So you'll find them in Romans chapter 12. And you'll find them in... Ephesians 4 verse 11. But there are diversities, diversity of gifts. You know, I was listening, and, I, and I've got to confess, I like to listen to, and you seen the gladiator, the film, they bring the second gladiator out of mind. The music in the gladiator. Have you heard it? Oh, it's beautiful. Now, I'm not one for orchestras. I'm not one for orchestras, guys. But there's something about this, I think his name is Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, and he's a German composer, and a, very, very skillful. And he's able to blend, I think, like electronic sounds and so on with, with traditional orchestral music, and he brings it together, and some of the sounds and some of the music is, is absolutely wonderful. You know, and that's how it's in, it, it is in the church with God's gifts. If ever you listen to an orchestra, we used to have one in Brazil, I'm not going to criticise them. They're great, I love them. But, that's my, my personal choice, you know, my personal taste. I'm not, I'm not one for orchestras, but sometimes they'd be playing and be one person or off, you know, when they're slightly out. <laughs> and you'll be listening, it all sound good. <laughs> But it shows you how important that one person is. Every single person, every single instrument is important, right? Yeah. And praise God. Every single person is important within the body. Hallelujah. That's you, friends. Little me. Sit on the, on the, on the, on the church bench every week. Yes, you. You. Bless the Lord. When we read the letter of Corinthians, unfortunately, one of the things that we see are factions within the church. Some of them, you know, were, were claiming, oh, well, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, and I follow Peter, and all that. You know, they, they, were, they got their favourite preachers. 
those who perhaps were a bit more eloquent than others, those who perhaps were a bit more wise than others, and so on. And so this was one of the issues within the church. And Paul begins to correct them because of their error. And actually calls them carnal. And babies. Stop being babies. You know, if I think if you were here today and speaking to the 21st century church, you'd be saying the same things. Stop being babies. Stop being babies. Divisions and, 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 and factions within the church because I, I follow him because of his spiritual gift. And that person there, oh my goodness me. And that's what we do. Unfortunately, very often we'll measure the, the spirituality of people by the gifts they operate in. Well, this should not be the case. We must not create a hierarchy of importance or popularity because of gifts. All of them are given purely by grace. Yes. And as we've said it before, folks, the thing that I'm seeing mostly in all of this is motivation is absolutely key. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Why? Why? When you cry out, Lord, I want to be used with prophecy, I want to be used with the gift of tongues and interpretation, the gift of... Why? Why? Why do you want that? Because some people have discovered that it will give you a great platform and it will make you very popular and you can become a celebrity and it doesn't matter if you say a load of rubbish. There's always millions of people who give you the likes. You can prophesy that Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. You can prophesy all over the, all over the, 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 the television that he's going to be the next president of the United States. You get absolutely wrong in front of everybody. And there's still thousands of people who oh, this crazy. That's the world we're living in. That's the church we're living in. We must not be foolish, folks. It's time to, to you know, address the elephant in the church. <laughs> At the same time, just because some of these gifts are abused, doesn't mean we need to negate them, okay? They're still here, they're still operating. There is still authenticity of gifts. Which brings me to my next point. Each gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. A manifestation of the Holy Spirit. A way of Him going public, so to speak. The gifts are meant to draw attention to His presence in the midst. Certainly not the vessel being used. It's not about the individual standing there in front of the thousands, you know, and just banging out these, these prophecies or whatever. It's not necessarily prophecy, but you know what I'm talking about. And this is where we fall because so often we make about that individual. And you've got people walking around who are telling you that you know they're visiting heaven every five minutes. I'm sorry I'm going to get these things off my chest. <laughs> Paul, the apostle Paul goes there, comes back and tells you I can't tell you about things, a certain thing I can't tell you about there. And you've got people on television today who are telling you, oh no, I've just popped into heaven. And the angels are all there and all that. <laughs> no, but come on, we don't stop being foolish about these things. <coughs> Sensationalism. Sensationalism. I'm sorry. The gifts are God's presence rather than His presence. Did you get that? 
The gifts are God's presence rather than His presence. The Spirit is the gift. The gift is the manifestation of the Spirit. Though we are instructed to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, notice it's the Holy Spirit that distributes them as He wills. As He wills. He's the one that decides. Our job is to desire them. And then He distributes them as He wills. And praise God, friends, that we're just the vessels. Praise God. You know, I've met some wonderful people who were prophets in Brazil, some wonderful prophets in Brazil. I remember one particular woman, and just the humility of this person. You know, the humility of this one particular sister conscious, how do you remember it? Yeah, she's gone on to be with the Lord. But just the gentleness and the humility. You know, there was no extravagance. You're right, a bit cold in here tonight. For you. There was no extravagance. You know, it wasn't about her. She would, she, she would come gently and humbly and she understood the weight of responsibility that was in her hands. She understood that, you know, she's about to speak in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Read Jeremiah 23, I think it is. I see what he says about those who speak in the name of the Lord that he when he's not speaking. He hasn't changed. And not only that, is he speaking? She's speaking in the name of the Lord on his behalf, but she's speaking into the life of people. She's speaking into somebody's life, somebody who wants to hear, somebody who's, who's listening into what God's saying. That is a great responsibility. Praise God. Got it all off my chest now. So, <laughs> finally, the purpose of spiritual gifts. Purpose of spiritual gifts. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the profit of all. Paul makes it clear that the giving of these gifts are purely for the benefit of others, not the promotion of self. I just want to read you through some more scriptures through that same portion. Because chapter 12 through to chapter 14, we're going to, we're going to focus on this in the coming weeks. Chapter 14, verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to me. Verse 4. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Verse 12b says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Verse 19, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding than I might teach others also, well than 10,000 words in a tongue. Verse 26, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a song, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. <laughs> and I think, you know, Paul. Peter, sorry, he just kind of summarizes this wonderfully. What's the purpose? In 1 Peter 4 verse 10, he says, Each one has received a gift 
minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Each one has been given a gift. Okay? Do you know that? Do you know what your gift is? We'll talk about that over the coming weeks. But each one of you has been given a gift. And you've been given it not to elevate yourself. Okay? You've been given it so you might be able to minister to others for the benefit of all. Isn't that wonderful? So, you know, when we talk about ministry, very often you think about, you know, the preacher standing in front of and teaching or preaching, and people that's ministry. But actually, you know, you can minister to one another as you're sitting down with a cup of coffee. As you're going out for a cup of coffee and a cake. Because I know you love cake in this church. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and God, God can use you right there and right then, guys. He wants to use you. You know, the gifts of healings. To use your hands. As he moves upon you and you feel that, that desire, that need to go and pray with a person who is ill, sick or whatever. And you lay hands upon that person. And that person is healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A prophetic utterance. As you bring out that prophetic utterance. You know, you come humbly and fearfully understanding the responsibility of it. But knowing that that prophetic utterance is being spoken to edify the church, to build up the church. That it's not about you having a moment of stardom or becoming a celebrity. Hallelujah. The beauty of the operation of the Spirit in us is that it is a supernatural and powerful way to serve others. It's a way we serve one another. We minister to one another. This, friends, is how the early church worked. This is how the early church worked. And this is our belief what we need to get back to. It's not just about coming in and sitting down and being spoken to week in and week out. You know, don't get me wrong, folks. This is important. Don't you ever let anybody tell you, oh, you know, we should be outside. Yes, there is a point for that. But we need to be gathered together. The Bible tells us not to give up gathering together. Okay? It, is, it should be the culmination of your week, the most important time in your week when we're coming together as the body, especially when we're taking communion. Wow. And we're giving God thanks for all His goodness. Yes, again, it's better than sitting at home watching that rubbish on television or just laying in bed on a Sunday morning. We need to be together. Praise God. To worship and glorify the Lord. So, to conclude, I know I've gone on. We don't need to be afraid of the gifts of the Spirit, guys. God wants to use each one of us. The Holy Spirit is in us, is with us, is on us. And He wants to use us. You, as well. Praise the Lord. How does He want to use you? Secondly, there is a variety of gifts. And it's not to be restricted to this particular list, as we've said. Thirdly, they are in operation. It is the Holy Spirit activating the church. Individual members of the church so that they might edify the church. It is not me that switches him on. It is him that switches me on. Okay? Very, very important we understand that. However, we need to be willing to be used. We need to be ready to be used. We need to be in tune with him. When we come together, what does he want to do through you today. What's he putting on your heart? How is he moving your heart? Has he dropped a word in your heart to give to somebody today? Somebody who needs that encouragement? Is there somebody you need to pray for today? 
Did you wake up this morning, you have an image on your, on your mind, on your heart? You know that you feel that's a, something a bit different, significant for the church. We'll talk about all of this going forward as we talk about the interpretation of tongues and tongues and prophecy, the vocal gifts, and so on, because Paul does. Alright, so we'll be talking about this. But we've got to, we've got to just be a, a little bit more tuned in to what he wants you to do. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God. Amen. Much to think about, much to pray into. Let's just give thanks. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God for the church. Hallelujah. You just hold out your hands. And what you are doing, you are symbolizing your willingness to God. I know we've prayed for you at the front, many of you, and we'll be praying for you more and more as well. We're just asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh. And just making yourself available to you, Lord. Our desire to be used by you. Our desire to be a vessel of your power and your glory. Lord, to be able to minister to my brothers and sisters. To build others up. Hallelujah. And just, just ask yourself now. You who desire these things. Just check your hearts this morning. What is the motivation of your heart? Paul's going to go on to say in 1 Corinthians 13. He's going to talk about love. Love. And it's so significant. That is sandwiched between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. Because he's at the centre. Lord, help us this morning. We so want to be used by you, Lord. We know there's more. We know there are gifts in this place, Lord. That you have distributed, Lord, gifts in this place. And we just pray, Lord, that you begin to just, just expose those gifts, Lord. Begin to manifest your presence in our midst, Lord, through the, through the gifts, Lord. These gifts of your Spirit, Lord. We just pray. Help us to be in tune. Help us to be aligned with you, Lord. Lord, we want to be vessels. But help us, Lord, to check our motivation, to keep our hearts in check, Lord. Lord, that in all that we do, that you might be glorified, that the church might be edified. Lord, as we walk through the remaining chapters, the remaining chapters, Lord, in the coming weeks, Pray that you'll just lead us deeper and give us more understanding about these wonderful gifts, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God.